With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, Jack. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. This is Jam Radio Network.
happy day. Thank you. 
take my hand, lead me on.
Good morning to you and yours. Thank you for listening. Our this this, this is the time now we have our morning prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come for your morning singing. Thank you. Thank you for lifting us, giving us strength to get up, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Thank you for your forgiveness, your mercy, your joy. Thank you, Lord. I will accept those, Lord, who lost a loved one this morning. We will accept those who listen to us live on our podcast. We will accept those, Lord, who are under hospice care. We will accept those, Lord, who the need for one thing and one some for another. Thank you, Lord, for answering our prayer. Thanks. Thank you, Father. We thank you. family, our friends, our church family, our neighbors, our pastor, and his family. Thank you. 
said, Except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. What did he mean by that statement? What is conversion? This is one of the most important teachings in the Bible, because without conversion, religion, prophecy, biblical knowledge, even good deeds, have no eternal consequences. Startling statement? Well, these are the headlines, and in a moment we're going to look at the important news behind the headlines. Welcome to the Good News Program, presented by the publishers of the Good News Magazine. The Good News doesn't try to cover up today's problems. This is a program that dares to look at today's dilemmas and ask the questions that must be asked. It seeks the answers that must be found, answers that can only be discovered from the pages of your Bible. Please join Gary Petty for a discussion of today's Good News subject. Have you ever asked yourself, how can God love me? I do so many things wrong, I try and I try, but I'm just so inadequate. Or wrestled with, I think God has given up on me. I haven't taken a drink or had a problem with pornography or envy or greed or lost control of my temper in months or even years, but the other day I, and you could fill in the blank. How about, I just don't care anymore. Being a wife or husband is too difficult. Many young people point to the all-too-obvious gap between biblical teachings and many Christians' conduct to claim that religion is irrelevant or even hypocritical. Why is there sometimes such disparity between what we want to be and what we are? To find the answer, let's start at the beginning. When we turn to the Bible as God's revealed knowledge for humanity, we find in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 that mankind was created in the likeness of God. Human beings are created to have a relationship with their Creator. The Bible also tells us in Genesis 2-7 that the first man, Adam, became a living soul. Both the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel 18-4 and the New Testament apostle Paul in Romans 6-23 tells us that the soul that sins shall die. When Adam and Eve sinned against God in Eden, they came under Satan's influence. From that point onward, all mankind has been under Satan's destructive guidance and human nature has developed in the opposite direction of God's nature. Mankind has literally become the enemies of God. Paul writes in Romans 8-7 that the natural human mind is, quote, enmity against God. Now, wait a minute. Before you tune out, if you really want to know how to turn your life around, this information is absolutely necessary. It's not just old-time religion. We're talking about the reality of the creator of the universe and your personal relationship with him. Cut off from God, subject to the influence of a powerful and evil being who wants to destroy us, and condemned to death because of our very nature, which is corrupted by sin, every human being is in a real sense lost and hopeless. If you have any kind of Christian background, you've been taught that God sent his Son to save us from eternal punishment. This is true, but Jesus Christ does more than that. God wants to heal the sickness in your nature, your thoughts, your desires, your emotions, your values. He wants to change you to reflect his nature. This is the process known as conversion. Listen to what Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 18, 1-3. If you don't have a Bible, get one and follow along. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. Contrary to some popular teachings, the Bible reveals that Christian conversion is more than the intellectual acceptance of God's existence. 
It is more than a belief in Jesus as the Son of God. It is more than proclaiming a certain set of religious teachings. Conversion takes place when a person of their own free will repents of his or her nature and submits to the bonding of God's Spirit to their own mind so they become partakers of God's nature. Sounds a little far-fetched? Can a human being actually share the love and power of the Creator? The Apostle Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians 2.9 that a real understanding of God, real life change, not just giving your heart to the Lord in a one-time emotional experience, but a real relationship with the Creator is made possible by God giving us His Spirit. Listen to what Paul writes. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You see, human beings are the only incomplete physical life form on earth. God isn't finished with our development. And, as astounding as it may seem, unless we receive a spirit from God, we can never become completed creations. Conversion is a process comparable to the metamorphosis of some insects. One of the most fascinating of all insect metamorphosis is how a caterpillar is transformed into a butterfly. Did you know that a caterpillar's skin can't stretch except when new? As they consume food, their skins quickly stretch to the limit. The only reason they can grow larger is that a new soft skin forms under the old one. After a while, the old skin bursts open and is discarded. The caterpillar continues this process until it gets as large as it can get. Then the process gets really interesting. By creating a small patch of silk, the caterpillar attaches itself to a twig. It sheds its skin and now appears as a totally different insect. The strange sac-like creature is called a pupa. The caterpillar may spend weeks as a pupa, but inside that sac, something marvelous is taking place. The organs of what is once a caterpillar are dissolving and becoming nourishment for a new creature forming inside the sac. When completely developed, the exquisite butterfly emerges from the pupa. Conversion is God's metamorphosis of our minds, emotions, motivations, desires, and actions from the way of the natural man, which the Bible says guarantees death, to the spiritual character of God, which is necessary for eternal life. God isn't interested in just remodeling your character. He wants to replace it with His nature. You see, God wants to change us from mud crawlers into creatures who can fly. In our next segment, we'll be discussing the spiritual process with an author who has written an encouraging and important booklet on this subject. So don't go away. The word conversion is heard often in religious circles. People commonly speak of their conversion or how they came to be converted. What do these words mean? People can and do change without God's intervention, but not in the same way that conversion is described in the Bible. The process begins with God's calling, followed by the key steps of repentance, baptism, and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. 
finally climaxing with the return of Jesus Christ, when the dead in Christ are resurrected to immortality and given eternal life. That is the ultimate transformation, being changed from a mortal to an immortal being. Begin your quest for an understanding of this marvelous transformation called conversion directly from God's Word. Call right now, 1-800-966-9232, for our free booklet titled Transforming Your Life, The Process of Conversion. There is no cost or obligation. Call 1-800-966-9232 for your copy. Have you had about all the bad news you can take? Maybe you could use some good news. The good news is the full-color, bi-monthly magazine that brings you the best news you can hear, and always from a biblical perspective. All literature on this program is provided free as an educational service in the public interest by the United Church of God. It is absolutely free, and there is no charge or obligation. Simply call 1-800-966-9232. The magazine is free. The contents are priceless. The number again is 1-800-966-9232. Or visit us on the web at www.ucg.org. We've been discussing the concept of Christian conversion. We have with us today on a telephone hookup from San Antonio, Texas, Roger Foster, author of Transforming Your Life, The Process of Conversion. Welcome back to Good News Radio, Roger. It's always a pleasure to be a guest on your program, Jerry. Now, the word conversion has a number of different meanings. In the biblical sense, what does conversion mean? Gary, in the Bible, conversion is represented as a miraculous process, a process that is impossible without God's direct, active intervention and participation in our lives. Now, God initiates the conversion process. First, he opens the minds of those he's calling so they can understand the scriptures with a clarity and a depth they could never attain on their own. Then following that, the person must choose whether or not he or she will personally repent. Those who repent uh, are going to receive power that they need. They'll receive God's Spirit, and they'll be able to begin living the way that God intended. In the first chapter of Transforming Your Life, you make this statement, that if a person is converted, changed, what is he changed from, and what is he changed to? Now, how do you answer that question? The most important change takes place in the mind. Our minds are, in a sense, wired to our bodies. We have cravings and desires. For instance, we crave food. We have our uh, feelings and desires, sexual desires being an example. All of these desires can be useful if properly managed and controlled. But our fleshly body, or you might say our fleshly nature, provides us with no standards for managing and controlling our natural impulses. Therefore, we desperately need God's guidance and help to properly manage our feelings, thoughts, and desires. God is willing to give us that help, providing we meet certain conditions. Therefore, learning how the Bible defines sin is the first step that we have to take. Now, you refer to the Christian calling as the conversion process. What do you mean by conversion process? 
as I just mentioned, repentance is the first active part we play in this process that we call conversion. But before we can even repent, God must do something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. Jesus explains this in uh, John 6, verse 44. He says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Then down in verse 65, he repeats much the same thing. He says, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. Therefore, God begins the process of conversion by calling us to repentance. Then we have to respond by repenting of our sins before God will continue the process. If we do repent and are properly baptized, as the Bible teaches, God has promised to give us his Holy Spirit, through which he will begin changing our lives. In effect, he begins converting us into the person he wants us to become. Now, all of this is expressed in Peter's words in Acts 2.38 through 39. And Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And that's how the process works. Now, how does the person get initiated or started into the conversion process? God begins working with the person, Gary, by granting him or her understanding of the scriptures and uh, of his or her own sinful nature, as we've already seen. Now, this is truly miraculous. Uh, in Matthew 13, Jesus gives us a parable of the sower and the seed. Uh, the, the seed represents God's word. And it represents how four different types of people will respond. Uh, the various type of soil that the seed falls in represents those people anyway. Now, these different types of soil illustrate four basic types of responses that people will have when they hear God's word preached to them or when they hear it or when they read it. The first person simply didn't get the point. Uh, he responded like... Uh, seed falling on a rock would respond. It doesn't respond at all. The next two individuals understood what God was telling them, but refused to respond. One because of the influence of others, the other because he was too enmeshed in pursuing his own lust and interest. Now the fourth person, on the other hand, accepted God's call and changed. He began to bear the spiritual fruit that God wants uh, to produce in all of us. There's been an ongoing debate in Christianity for centuries about whether a person must just believe in Jesus as the Son of God in order to obtain salvation, or whether a person is also required to repent. Now, what does the Bible teach? Is repentance required for salvation? Absolutely, Gary. In Luke 13 and verse 3, Jesus said, Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. The Bible is very clear about this. The problem is, most of us have no idea what real repentance is until we really start studying the Bible. In fact, very few people can tell you what the Bible's definition of sin is. That's why people really need a reliable source of spiritual knowledge. Now, the Apostle Paul explained this. He said in Romans 10, verse 14, 
How then can they call on him in whom they have not uh, believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In other words, people need instructors. They need teachers. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 14, verse 14, Paul explained that people are called or invited, is what the word means, to act on what they hear by the hearing of the gospel preached by God's true servants. And so the, the, this interaction between God's servants and people is very important. People need to have the Bible explained to them. Uh, they can't just breathe this vital knowledge out of the air. God wants us to repent. He wants us to be converted. And he'll give you the power to become more than you can dream. Stick around and find out more about conversion right after this. The word conversion is heard often in religious circles. People commonly speak of their conversion or how they came to be converted. People can and do change without God's intervention, but not in the same way that conversion is described in the Bible. Call right now, 1-800-966-9232, for our free booklets titled Transforming Your Life, The Process of Conversion. There is no cost or obligation. Call 1-800-966-9232 for your copy. We're back with Roger Foster, author of Transforming Your Life, The Process of Conversion. Roger, a person wants to repent. He or she wants to be converted. What do they do next? Well, the best thing, Gary that they can do is to obtain and really study some of the literature that you offer on this program pertaining to repentance. That literature thoroughly explains the entire process of conversion and how one can receive the help from God that's so essential for true repentance and conversion to occur. Now, if they don't have a good understanding of God's ways, uh, it's, it's not going to work for them. In other words, if we do not understand what God is really talking about when he speaks of repentance and conversion, we will merely continue doing what seems right in our own eyes. Now, Proverbs 14, verse 12, explains that doing what's right in your own eyes is just going to lead to death. Now, there's another proverb, too, and that's in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and some really good advice is given. I'd like to read it to you. It says, My son... If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now, from the Bible, can we determine... So what is God's goal in converting human beings? What is the end result of this conversion? God tells us in Revelation 21.7, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Now that's an awesome future, to actually be God's son inheriting everything that he owns and sharing it with him. That's what he has planned for us. God not only wants to give us eternal life, he also wants to share what he has created with us. But there is a condition. First, uh, we need a change of character so we can all live together for all eternity in a spirit of love and cooperation. And so 
the first thing that God has to do is to build his character in those who are going to inherit eternal life. Only then, Jerry, can they really become the children of God for all eternity. If we're not converted, we simply aren't going to be there. Thank you, Roger, and I hope you'll join us again on Good News Radio. Anytime, Gary. Thanks for inviting me to join you. In order to get your free copy of Transforming Your Life, The Process of Conversion, simply call 1-800-966-9232. This booklet will help guide you through what the Bible says about God's plan for your life and your potential. The process of conversion isn't easy. It involves a struggle between our own selfish nature and the new nature being created by the Holy Spirit. True conversion isn't a simple matter of accepting a certain religious teaching or doing good deeds. True conversion is a sometimes painful, sometimes exhilarating commitment to the struggle of allowing God to create in us a brand new person. How then do we explain when Christians sin, when we struggle with an old habit and slip? Understand, since conversion is a process, Christians are on various stages of the spiritual metamorphosis of having their human nature changed into godly nature. All Christians wrestle with sin. All Christians from time to time return to selfish ways. The Apostle John writes about this subject in 1 John 1, 8. He says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We can take comfort in knowing that as long as we are willing to repent and submit to God, he will complete the work that he has begun. It's true that God doesn't condone sin, and unrepentant sinners will receive eternal judgment. But how does God look at a Christian who has received his spirit, someone who is struggling with sin and sometimes loses the battle with their old nature? God's viewpoint can be best illustrated by this story. In September 1924, a stout, robust man of 60 years was spending many hours hiking the rugged area around the Hardy Range of South Dakota. He searched the crest of every mountain peak, looking for something. Some people thought this man's dream was a bit unrealistic. There was a great deal of doubt about how the project would be funded. Others were against the project because they thought it was a desecration of God's creation. But this man was driven by a dream that filled him with one purpose. Where other people saw ragged crags and inhospitable rocks, this man saw faces. His son, Lincoln, wrote about what it was like when his father found and chose a remote mountain as a place to complete his dream. This was the monolith my father had been searching for, a gigantic mountain of solid granite towering above the surrounding peaks and well separated from them. Most important, the major face of the rock was to the southwest, an aspect essential for maximum sunlight during the daylight hours. As he talked in that positive, mesmerizing way of his, I began to see in the great peak the colossal mountain sculpture he would create there. You see, where other people saw rocks, Gutsum Borglum saw the faces of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. It took years of hard, sometimes seemingly impossible work to complete the project. Dynamite had to be used to sculpt the peak into general shapes. Hundreds of men, sweating in the summer heat and freezing in winter, were driven by the will of one man and shaped Mount Rushmore into one of the greatest feats of sculpture accomplished in history. God's creation is driven by one dream. The return of Jesus Christ and the final step in the process, the changing of the saints into spirit, when they will finally see God face to 
you and I look into the spiritual mirror, sometimes all we can see are the rocks, the unsightly cracks, the outcroppings that make us so imperfect. What God sees is the emerging faces of his children. If you would like to comment on today's program, you can contact Good News Radio on the Internet by emailing us at gnradio at ucg.org. Why were you born? There's a big difference between grasping your future and simply going on the way you have been. The choice is up to you. Join us next time when we continue to explore what the Bible really says about you and your future. For Good News Radio, I'm Gary Petty. The word conversion is heard often in religious circles. People commonly speak of their conversion or how they came to be converted. What do these words mean? People can and do change without God's intervention, but not in the same way that conversion is described in the Bible. The process begins with God's calling, followed by the key steps of repentance, baptism, and the receiving of the Holy Spirit, finally climaxing with the return of Jesus Christ, when the dead in Christ are resurrected to immortality and given eternal life. That is the ultimate transformation, being changed from a mortal to an immortal being. Begin your quest for an understanding of this marvelous transformation called conversion directly from God's Word. Call right now, 1-800-966-9232, for our free booklet titled Transforming Your Life, The Process of Conversion. There is no cost or obligation. Call 1-800-966-9232 for your copy. Have you had about all the bad news you can take? Maybe you could use some good news. The good news is the full-color, bi-monthly magazine that brings you the best news you can hear, and always from a biblical perspective. All literature on this program is provided free as an educational service in the public interest by the United Church of God. It is absolutely free, and there is no charge or obligation. Simply call one 800 9669232 The magazine is free. The contents are priceless. The number again is 1-800-966-9232. Or visit us on the web at www.ucg.org. You've been listening to the Good News Radio Program, presented by the publishers of the Good News Magazine. We seek the answers that must be found, answers that can only be discovered from the pages of your Bible. To receive your free copy of the literature offered on today's program, please call toll-free 1-800-966-9232. There is absolutely no cost or obligation. 1-800-966-9232. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Come on. Come on. Laptops, MP3 players, cameras, video games, cell phones. In times like these, schools can become a shopping mall for thieves. Don't become a victim of crime. Leave your valuable stuff at home. And if you do have to bring them to school, keep them with you. Write down their serial numbers and don't flash expensive items around. Be smart. If you have something cool, there's a good chance someone else will want it too. Keep cash and ATM cards in a secure place and never give anyone your PIN number. And don't leave your school bag lying around where it can become a temptation to someone else. If you have something stolen, report the situation immediately. The sooner you tell someone, the better the chance you'll get it back. Visit ncpc.org to learn more about how to prevent school theft. That's ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Janine Marks, a 12-year-old, was fairly normal. She spent a lot of time online. One day, she met a new friend. The new friend had the same problems at home. They liked the same bands. They worried about the same subjects in school. They promised to keep each other's secrets. They wished they went to the same junior high. The new friend had good news. He said he was going to be in Janine's area one Saturday. He thought it would be amazing if they could just hang out, go to the mall. Janine agreed. The new friend didn't want parents messing this up. Janine showed up alone. So did her new friend, who wasn't in junior high, wasn't nice, and wasn't a 14-year-old boy. Every day, children are sexually solicited online. Help delete online predators. Call 1-800-THE-LOST or visit cybertipline.com to learn how to protect your kids' online life. A message from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38 years old, and I work at a graphic design company, which is funny, because I couldn't even draw a stick figure when I was a kid. But I met someone who told me, you know what? You can do anything if you really want to. And if the teenage me were here, she'd tell you, I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for big brothers, big sisters. Most kids from my neighborhood don't get into art. They get into trouble. But I was lucky, because... My big sister showed me early on that I didn't have to be like most people. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping big brothers, big sisters help a child. And that can last a lifetime. Start something today at bigbrothersbigsisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Can you tell if the surfaces in this kitchen are crawling with bacteria that could cause chronic arthritis? Listen. Can't, can you? You can't see it either. Wash surfaces, utensils, and hands frequently with soapy water while preparing food, especially when handling raw meats or eggs. Raw food may contain bacteria that can make you very sick or worse. One in six Americans will get sick from food poisoning this year, and roughly 3,000 will die. But you can keep your family safer by cleaning with soap and water as you go. Learn more about this and other important information. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. That's foodsafety.gov. 
A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. His credits are too long to list. He has done the impossible time after time. He has, out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry. He fed 5,000 hungry souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine. No special effects, no camera tricks. He has a headshot on every church fan across the country. Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings, ruler of the universe, alpha and omega, beginning and the end, the bright and the morning star. Some say he's the rose of Sharon, and some say he's the Prince of Peace. Get up on your feet. Put your hands together and show your love for the second coming of the one and only. God is good. Down on me. 
This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down in your soul. I know a place where mercy flows. Take the things, make you wider than snow. Like a
Anne Graham Lotz with Daily Light for Daily Living. If you want to experience God, you must choose him at all costs. You must be willing to do as Peter did in Matthew 14. Step out of the boat. Risk total failure in the eyes of others. Discover firsthand his power enabling you to walk on the water when Jesus bids you come. Again and again I've been confronted with hard choices when I've had to throw caution to the wind and abandon myself to faith in him and him alone. When I step into a pulpit, when I begin to write, when I commit this ministry to much more than we have resources to underwrite, whenever I choose to step out in obedient faith and trust him, I'm actually choosing to take him at his word. Listen to me. Put him to the test. Obey whatever he says. Do it. The result will be the thrilling adventure we call the Christian life. This is Anne Graham Lodge. Will music make your child smarter? Find out next on today's Creation Moment. And now, here's our Creation Moment host, Ian Taylor. Scientists have shown that the so-called Mozart effect of music in young children is just a myth. This popular idea said that exposing young children to classical music improves their ability in non-verbal tasks. Nevertheless, researchers did find a more interesting effect of classical music on students. At the beginning of the school year, researchers from the University of Toronto randomly assigned 132 first graders into one of four groups. Some received piano or drama lessons, while others took chess lessons or joined science programs. At the end of the school year, the students' IQs were evaluated. Those who had taken piano lessons showed a seven-point increase in IQ. Those involved in the other programs showed only a four-and-a-quarter point increase in IQ. Researchers believe that the focused attention that learning music requires for extended periods is a major factor in the greater increase of IQ among the music students. They also suggest that the memorization required in a musical education also helps IQ. Further research into these and other factors will be the subject of long-term study. Music is a gift from God, and the study of music has traditionally been considered an essential element of a good education. Modern research is showing us that this traditional approach to music has more wisdom than is offered by a purely materialistic approach to education. For a free copy of our Creation Resource Catalog, visit our website at creationmoments.com or call us toll-free at 1-800-42-BIBLE. And be sure to join us next time for another Creation Moment, proclaiming evidence of God's truth. Hi, this is Donnie McClurgan, and I've got a personal note that I'd really like to drop in your spirit today. I want you to understand the blessings of God and how they're supposed to enhance our lives. Blessings are not always financial. But the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22, it says, The blessings of God makes us rich and adds no sorrow. This richness that it's speaking of deals with our lives being full, our lives being complete, our joy being prevalent and noticeable, us being seen as someone who profits in God. The richness of God deals with a soul that is healed, a spirit that is in touch with Jesus. Our lives being rich is having our family whole, as having our friends close, and even our enemies reconciled. The blessings of God makes us rich.
and will take your sorrows away. At just 21 years old, Roland knew he wanted to own a business. But when he opened a dry goods store in Haverhill, Massachusetts, it failed. Over the next 10 years, Roland opened three more stores and had three more failures. Despite these disappointments, however, he was learning and still trying. Moving to New York, he opened his fifth store, his fifth, and it took. Today, Roland's dry goods store is known as R.H. Macy & Company. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge. And the lesson here is failure, of course, we can all ace <laughs> if we study hard. Mr. Macy reminds us that while stores may close, school stays open in the high calling of our daily work.
Say with me, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on the cross and paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead. From the death of sin, you are giving me a new life. The life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. Saved. 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 Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way. There is no other message. For there is no other way. There is no other message. Oh, come to Him. Come to the Saviour tonight. Come to Him just as you are. Come to Him in your sin. Come to Him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon His mercy and upon His infinite grace. And cast yourself upon His mercy and upon His infinite grace. Cast yourself wholly to Him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins again. Peace with God and eternal abundant life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? For the things you have.
right, Jack, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. This is Sham Radio Network. This is Sham Radio Network. This is Sham Radio one. This is Quiet Storm Inspiration. You are listening to the Lighthouse Hour with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. You are listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1. This is Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1. You are listening to Quiet Storm Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.